All right, so this is an interview I did with uh, Denia Cruz, who's a fighter out of Houston, Texas. She currently trains at a four-ounce fight club in Houston, Texas, and uh, she's three and four as an amateur now. This interview, um, she had won her last two fights, and she was going into a title fight against Amber Terrell. She lost that fight in the fourth round. So this was a before that fight, and we were kind of talking about lessons learned from wins and losses and kind of her feelings and outlook on her career going forward. So this is Dania Cruz from Houston, Texas. Check it out. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Okay. Uh, it's good to see you again. I want to thank you for taking the time. And, uh, you know, I'll let you introduce yourself to people that are watching this for the first time or might see you for the first time. Well, I'm Dania Cruz. Um, I'm a fighter. I'm an MMA fighter from Houston, Texas, and I am in the Adam One division. So I want to focus on the last two fights because yeah. I felt like, you know, both of them, you won one of them. The other one was, you know, pretty close. Probably could have won yeah. either way. So yeah. let's start with that one first because okay. both of them kind of had the theme of the takedown early, that one. The other one you did several. Um, Kind of take me through that that fight with Alana Jack a little bit. So with Alana, um, it was going into that fight. It was more about it, it was every, everything overall. I had to stay in shape. I had to, but like how we talked about on on the last night that we had, um, I used to be more about striking back then. But in MMA, you have to be full, rounded everywhere. And that was with that fight, it was me showing that I can take it to the ground and go from there. And then that was the plan with Alana because uh, she wanted to strike with me. She was there. Um, she was coming from a loss, I believe. So she wanted to bring it. And I knew she was going to bring it. Um, I was coming from a loss, too. And um, we were both going to go at it. So, um, yeah, the point for that fight was to go to the ground and go from there. But things didn't go the way that they had to go. Um, it was, I, she won by split decision. And, you know, I saw my mistakes. Um, the first round, I took her down and I kept her on the ground the whole time. And then on the second round, it was more clinch work on the wall. Um, oh, hi, <laughs> sorry, a neighbor of mine passed by. Um, it was more clinch work, and then there, um, it was back and forth. That's That was the round that made it split because the third round she took it. And what I learned from that fight was that, yes, I can take it to the ground, and yes, I can stand there and grapple with someone or even strike. But, man, my cardio kind of got me because of the grappling, and that's something that I took from that fight, and I implemented that on the next one, which was my recent one few weeks ago and I can see the improvement there that after one round of grappling I was still there <laughs> and I'm sure you saw that too mm -hmm. that I, I could grapple for days and she, this last one she kind of was kind of striking a little crazy so the plan was to just grab her take her down and keep her there and she kept she kept switching switching her hips and she wasn't letting me TKO her but um, we kept her down the whole the whole three rounds and I won by majority decision there. 
Do you feel like that's kind of what you're gravitating towards, more of a ground style? Yeah, so um, it's kind of funny because um, since I started with striking and grappling at first didn't come too natural to me, but um, like four years ago, ever since I switched to four ounce, which is my gym now, that's the gym that I represent now, um, they're known there for their grappling. Um, my One of my coaches there is in the, Uf is in the UFC. We're, we're all known for their they're grappling so um i've kind of my ground game has kind of been got has gotten pretty up since then and has even looked even better than my striking to be honest so um that's actually something that i've been getting very comfortable on and that's something that i started showing now like the second fight you kind of went for the slam first but yeah. you were using trips as the fight went on yeah you kind of what do you, like everyone has certain techniques that they kind of maybe do more than others. Is the trips more your thing or do you like elevating people more? So I like, I do trips most of the time, but slams, if I see one, I'll do it. I, so I tend to do it here and there in training, but it's kind of hard in training because it, mostly everybody's bigger than me, but um, I'm fighting 105ers now. They're not, they're not too heavy. So if I'm lifting a guy that is, 150 pounds and then i go against a girl that uh, because this girl some sometimes they don't even cut too much weight so they'd be walking around 110 110 pounds 100 the most 115 i'll be one of the heaviest ones in the atom weight on houston um but whenever i hold them it's kind of like damn you're just like a little piece of paper <laughs> not to not to be offensive or anything but they're pretty light so if i can take someone down um, lifting them up, it's way easier than at training. Let's talk about, like, you know, coming off a loss and then winning a fight. A lot of times these are where the biggest gains are. Yeah. What do you think your gains were between those two? Uh, gains as in, my like, my plans or? Uh, your improvement, stuff you did in training, things you looked at critically even. Yeah, um, it's everything overall. Um, because uh, my coach wants me to be good everywhere, not just focused on one, because that's what we used to do, actually. We would go into a fight, and we'll be like, okay, we got to take her down. That's the plan. Um, but we've kind of been switching more to, okay, if she wants to strike, we'll strike. But if, um, if we end up getting taken down, then we're ready to be taken down. We'll go from there, and just everywhere. But... Um, so we've been working on everything, not just something, well, not one thing specifically, um, and also my cardio. <laughs> so that so if I with Alana, that situation won't happen again, and I won't be in any situation of me um, the, leaving it to the judges where it's a maybe split decision. No, I want to make it clear that I won, and that's what I want to do from now on. Yeah, it kind of looked like maybe you thought you had won the fight. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I did, but... Looking back to it, uh, it could have gone in whichever way, mm -hmm. to be honest. So it's something that you just have. I just have to watch that fight over and over again and just learn from it. That's all I can do from now on. And I'm still at me, so I got a lot to learn still. So I won't make those mistakes once I turn professional. Now tell me about the Pelosi fight. After that, what are your thoughts of what happened? Um, so after that fight, um, I kind of had to 
put say to myself, damn, like, <laughs> um, I used to be so insecure about grappling. My grappling was there. My coaches would always tell me, but I wouldn't feel as confident going, reaching for a takedown or even keeping her on the ground. I'll, I'll be, I'll kind of think to myself, no, I think she's a little better than me. But um, now on, I've been, I've been like, no, I, I'm the better one. And, and if I want to keep it on the ground, I'm keeping it to the ground. If, if she wants to get up, I'm taking her back down. Yeah, so you think when when you were looking at things between the two fights, what did you yourself look at critically that you did? Critically, um, like I said, I got tired pretty quick. So I went back to training. I had to do a lot of grappling drills, a, a lot of um, conditioning for grappling. Um, and that helped me a lot to not get tired from just, you know, doing that. And um, even in sparring, we've been doing things like, um, I get in, put in the middle. I go as many rounds like I can freaking do, and I get someone fresh every time. So, if um, I get full MMA rounds, and then apart from that, then I get switched to someone that wrestles full on wrestling after the MMA rounds, so they could get my arms tired and my legs tired too. So after I'm done with the wrestler, um, I go back to striking, and that makes that that just conditions my body to be ready to strike right after grappling hard rounds. Mm -hmm. And that's been helping me a lot too. So you think that's what you did for cardio or were you running more or what Every else? Were no, everything. I've been, I've been running way more than before. Um, I thought because I thought I was running enough miles back then, but um, you can run so much. But whenever you're in the gym grappling, it's a whole different story. You can, you can be off the MMA gym for a while but run a few miles at the park or wherever you go run your miles but it won't be the same thing so you have to physically be there getting getting tired at the gym grappling wrestling um getting takedowns and redoing it over and over again until your body gets used to it your muscles get used to it yeah now this last fight now you've had this this next fight. So what are you looking at that one in terms of critically? So I don't want to speak too much because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to put stuff out there. She might, she might watch this interview later, but um, I mean, she's a good opponent. Um, it's something, it's an opponent that I kind of need right now to kind of prove myself on certain things now. Um, she's, she, she can throw down pretty wild. And then I think she's been a wrestler for quite a while too. So, She'll, she'll do both, and I'm willing to do both, too. So it's a pretty good fight for me. And you're being really busy. So what, what, yeah. what did you decide to take so many fights? Yeah, um, I, I felt – because back then I used to take long breaks after each fight, and I'm the type of person that will kind of get too nervous whenever I'm off. I get the feeling of how I had on my debut. And um, – and I kind of didn't like that. So being more consistent with it and being there at the cage more constantly actually helped me a lot with those nerves. And I actually don't get those anymore. It's kind of like, okay, I'm here. You know, I got beat up in training, whatever, let's go. <laughs> you won't do anything to me. And that kind of helped me a lot mentally. That's what but I did. Are it. Coaches are wanting you to fight X amount of times or? What's that? Is it something where your coaches are wanting you to fight like X amount of times, or is it just kind of happening this way? 
it's just kind of happening this way. Uh, we don't have a certain amount of fights. We didn't, we didn't put a goal for this year. We just said, once you're done with a fight and you're healthy and you're good to go, we're going to go back to the gym. And then after that, we get right. If we find someone for you, we'll find someone for you. And then um, we'll just get back in there. And so, um, and yeah, that's the plan for this one. If everything comes out good and I come out healthy, I'll probably be fighting soon again after that whatever opportunity I can get and just go from there until because I, I don't really I'm not the type of person that gets burned out and I'll just keep going so yeah now we what's it for your next fight what's that what's the date for your next fight so for this one it'll be two weeks we're two weeks out um it's on the 9-11 on a Sunday and it's the same promotion yes um this one will be for Fury Fury fighting in Houston, Texas. And how many amateur fights do you think you want to have? Um, honestly, um, I'll leave that up to the coach, but my coach, but um, we'll see how this one goes and we'll see how I finish this end of the year, I'll say. Yeah. Because yeah. it's interesting to kind of talk about development and kind of what your coach is thinking, where your head is at as far as, because there's development between each one along the way and yes. you know, some people want to do more amateur fights some choose to turn pro sooner yes. so it's kind of interesting to see where you're at on there must be a lot of is it that there's a lot of fights in houston for that format or um it's not that because at adam weight um it's kind of hard here and there but since i started the year off bad um i'm kind of redeeming myself improving improving that I belong in there and that I deserve to go professional soon. So that's what it's about. Um, and my coach will look at my fights, how I finish this year, and that's how we'll start moving around for next year. We're going to decide if it's time next year or if I need a few amateur fights, and we'll go from there. So it's just how um, – You're fighting at 105 or – Yes. So I, with Alana, it was at 110, but um, – then I started dropping to 105. Yeah, I mean, there are some fights at Adam, but they're more like you were saying, pro ones. Yes. At pro, it'll be easy to find someone at Adam Wake, but in Houston, it's, we're limited on it. Yeah, it seems to be a popular weight for uh, fighting, actually, for, for professionals. There's a lot of Adam weights that are. Yes, a lot of small girls. <laughs> yeah. What are, who are some of them that you look at in the pro ranks? Um, that I look up to. Other atom weights that you're watching or in, that you're interested in. Angela Lee, like, mm -hmm. uh, like I'm. I love how she fights. Um, Stamp too. We talked about her too. Her striking is. I love her striking, and with Angela, her grappling too. I watched their fights a lot, so I I watch them and kind of take notes and try try here and there to do stuff like that in training, but <laughs> I'm not them, so. I can kind of do it, but not perfect like them. Yeah, I mean, the, I lived on Oahu a long time. Those, that whole family's kind of like a, yes. a family, so. Oh. They, Even you know, the sister, she looks like innocent, but she she's scary. <laughs> not yeah, the more. parents have been training them for a long time, so. They're they got like a good foundation, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Whenever you have that good foundation like that, from the very beginning, you'll go far if you want it, want to go far with it. 
What did you think of Angela's fight with Stamp? What's that? What did you think of Angela's fight with Stamp? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I think around the time that we did the interview, um, we kind of talked about it. Because I think they were about to fight. Right. And I said Angela. And, you know, I Stamp is good. Um, and she has shown that her grappling is good, too. But, man, Angela is it's a whole different level. Yeah, I didn't feel like her tie clinch would be a problem for Angela, really. Yeah, Angela's used to grappling. She's used to she's used to everything from. So that wasn't something that was going to be a big problem there. Um, maybe if like stamp striking wise, she was getting her, but um, Angela was staying there. She was determined to win. So yeah, that was a good fight. Now I went to Nunez Pena in Dallas. What did you think of that? Uh, I I kind of knew Amanda was going to win. It's, I mean, she said something about how she wasn't fully there on the other, on the last fight with her. And sometimes people say that after a fight, but I won't say it's excuses or anything um, because you never know what happens with a fighter um, going to a fight because that happens to all of us. Um, we all go through stuff. And I think she got sick. I don't know what happened with her. But I heard that she was going through something. And that that affected her a lot for that fight. And that she, that's why she felt like she wasn't there. Um, and Juliana took it. But, man, for this one, this last one, she took it. <laughs> she she went in there. She, she was a straight dog. Yeah, the response of the crowd, especially for the Hispanic fighters, was really big. Oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. It's so like crazy. My, and then that fight, they were going really wild. The whole, yeah. you know, the crowd was really into that fight. It's it's pretty. Yes. Being there was pretty. It was pretty amazing I, to see. I was watching it on. The, I was watching it on the TV, but then you could, uh, you could um, hear the crowd there, and it was packed. Everybody wanted to watch that fight. Yeah, Pena was kind of trying to survive in there, and you know, trying to submit yeah. her. It was a whole different story for this one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was incredibly interesting that she kind of came out in a different way, kind of what we were talking about, making adjustments and looking at what you did wrong. No, yeah. Um, she Amanda made a lot of adjustments, and she, uh, she laid out everything. Um, she showed Juliana's um, mistakes, because Juliana would just go in there, throw down, go straight to Amanda, and and Amanda kind of would just take the punches on the first one. But on this one, she'll, she'll keep her straight punches and she'll, she'll drop, <laughs> she'll drop Juliana all the time with, with her punches because she was just throwing crazy. And that was something that um, you can tell that she took from the other fight. And there, probably the coaches told her, hey, like, she's doing this. You have to throw your punches like that. And she'll drop because she would leave it open. She was just going forward like a like a zombie, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fighting left-handed when you're right-handed is interesting. Like I, I trained with a guy, Kid Yamamoto, who who used to do that, you know, and uh, he was probably one of the best guys in the world at that because people seeing a punch, a hard punch, come from a a lead right hand, it's hard to yeah. see. He used to hurt a lot of guys with that punch, you know. He. He rarely knocked people out with his left hand, even though he was fighting southpaw. 
it was always yeah. right, like lead right hook or kind of jumping straight punch. Yeah. So Nunez was doing that too. And I thought that it reminded me of him seeing her do that, you know? So it was very interesting that she came out and fought left-handed for most of the fight. And Pena couldn't see it, you know? Like I heard Nunez say after the fight that she, she, you can't adjust to that in the fight. It's something you have to prepare for. Yeah. And, right, because like I said, kid, a lot of people knew that he fought that way, but it's just something weird that you can't see it coming, sort of. It's kind of unique. A lot of wrestlers do fight that way because they, they learn to wrestle with their strong foot forward. So yeah. they just play in MMA, but really they're right-handed or left-handed. It's, you know, it's wrestlers. Yeah. He's saying, would you rather fight a southpaw or, or a, a right-hander, your coach? <laughs> uh, yeah, up to this point, I, I'll fight whoever because um, it's kind of crazy because starting whenever I did my debut, I kind of said to myself, man, I don't like fighting southpaws. I better not get a southpaw soon. And next thing you know, my first few fights, they were all southpaw. <laughs> so it's such a luck for me, and I've been training – um, for Southpaw for a while, and I kind of got used to it, but at the end of the day, I'll go with conventional. I have my combos right there, and it's, um, you can throw, I'm more used to throwing different stuff with mm -hmm. conventional, and Southpaw, you kind of are limited, but those few stuff that you throw will land on the same side, because they're Southpaw, and they're leaving their side open. Yeah. Yeah, your coach said you fought three three people back-to-back, -back. yeah. Yeah, we were bad. <laughs> Yeah, we got we got happy whenever we got Cindy because she was conventional. Now, for people that uh, want to watch your next fight, kind of talk about where it's going to be and if it's going to be something that will be aired. Yeah, so I'll be fighting for Fury on September 11th in Houston, Texas. And um, I have tickets in hand for one more week. Um, it will be at the Bayou City Event Center. But um, if you can't make it, then... Fury, um, Fury FC will have on Facebook Live, and you can watch my fight there. I'll okay. be one last few five of that card, so it'll be more towards the end. Oh, so they they will be shown on Facebook. Yes, it'll be live. So awesome. Okay. Yeah. Now, for people that want to follow what you're doing and uh, stuff, where could they check you out at? Um, you can um, right here on Instagram. Follow me, and then on Facebook, it's just my my first and last name, Dania Cruz. Um, but I'm mainly more active on Instagram, so you can follow me right here on this page. All right, well, Dania, it's always great to talk to you, and uh, wish you yeah, luck in your. <laughs> you know, it's always awesome to to see you. Thanks. Maybe we'll catch up after this fight. You never know. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Anything you want to do, anything I can do, anytime. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Well, it was great talking to you, and uh, hope to take care and good luck. Thank you so much. You'll hear from me in two weeks. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Have a nice day. All right, so if you want to follow Dania Cruz, you can do so at Instagram at D-A-N-1-A-A. That's D-A-N-1-A-A. And you can always follow my Instagram as well, which is at 
the underscore Todd, T-O-D-D, underscore Atkins, A-T-K-I-N-S, underscore show. Also, uh, I have a YouTube out there where you can watch some of these interviews, uh, which is the Todd Atkins Show. You can just look it up. Um, as always, I want to thank you for the support and uh, just stay on the lookout because I, I still have a lot of episodes to uh, upload to this new channel. So I'll be I'll be pushing a lot out there. And thanks for your support. Take care.